Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. For those of you who are new to the podcast, blackthornsbotanicals.com has some great teas, ritual oils, magical candles, and more for the next bit. I know not everyone can get to the podcast right away. I'm going to put up a podcast-only coupon code code podcast all lowercase on blackthornsbotanicals.com for 20% off anything you find in the store try and help as best I can and and apparently Lilu agrees that's blackthornsbotanicals.com and offer code podcast all lowercase hello and welcome to the blackthorn grove where good friends meet over tea to discuss the nature of community and magic. I have an incredible guest today who I'm just so excited to tell you about. And uh, I will let you know that we're we're having some weather here in Delaware, which is actually really neat. Uh, So if you hear some thunder in the background, I have no control over that. (laughs) Uh, Please enjoy the ambient sounds of some rain and some thunder. So I actually, I'm going to let my, my new guest introduce herself because I cannot do as, as an amazing job as she would. So <laughs> <laughs> mystery guest, would you like to introduce yourself? I would love to. My name is Shanna Stoker and I am the co-owner and founder and operator and everything else for <laughs> the Goalish Garb. Uh, we are a very small business. There's just two of us and um, we actually focus all of our work on designing unique images for that are based on the spooky and macabre and witchcraft um, because I am a practicing witch myself and um, yeah and we actually are most famous for our tarot excuse me terror tarot deck (laughs) Uh, which is a major arcana only deck right now and uh, we are hoping to expand it in the future just because there's been an overwhelmingly positive response (laughs) from our community so um, yeah, and, and it is a Halloween inspired deck. So there are characters such as Dracula, of course, to honor my relative, Bram Stoker. Uh, we also have the Wolfman and Frankenstein and his monster or his creature. Um, and oh, my one of my favorite is our death card actually features Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. That's one of my favorites. Um, we also have Medusa in this deck. I mean, there's just absolutely such so many wonderful creations that we've that we've come up with. Um, and all of these designs are available on our tapestries and phone cases and clothing. <laughs> so that's all on our Etsy store, The Ghoulish Garb. And you can follow me on Twitter, or excuse me, on TikTok, uh, the underscore ghoulish underscore gal for more info and all of that fun stuff. I'm so tickled you're here. I, Thank I, you. I I'm, I'm in love with this deck. Uh, I Tarot readers have their own favorite decks and their own favorite cards, but my always, I'm really, I enjoy being able to look at the spread of a deck and see how they work together, but I always judge a deck by their death card, and and your death card is just 
Perfect. I love it. I, <laughs> Thank I <enjoy> you. It. <laughs> it's absolutely one of my favorites. It was just so perfect. I mean, the headless horseman just fits so beautifully into that scene. And then the overall meaning of the card, I feel like just fits so well with, with what we chose there. And it was, it was absolutely, I mean, they're all fun to create, but I have a, I just have some that I really, really love. And that one's definitely one of them. How long did it take you to, from you know, start to print, I guess, work with this? With the deck? Mm -hmm. It took about, gosh, I think a year total just to do the major arcana, because the way that I, that I try to describe our creative process with these cards is that my business partner and I are the composers, and we give our music, our sheet music that we've created to this artist who is our performer, and this artist is able to put everything that's in our heads onto paper or onto, you know, into a design. And so the, it really, it does take a long time because of that. Um, I wish I was as talented of an artist. I'm not an artist. I have all <laughs> of these thoughts in my head, but I don't have the ability to put them on paper myself. So um, the creative process takes a while, about a month per card, because sometimes we can get, you know, more than that out, I guess. I mean, I guess we got, we got the last one done in about a year and a half total, maybe two years before release. Um, so yeah, about a, about a month per card. Sometimes we can get it done in two to three weeks. It just really depends on our availability because we are running the business and every other aspect as well. And, um, but yeah, so the way that that process works is for each card, my partner and I meet up and we decide, okay, what, what are we going with? What are we going to create for this card? And it usually takes anywhere between a total of 10 to 20 hours of just designing. Um, and then we and then I take all of that, all the notes that we've got, all of the images that we're like, okay, we want this hair color and all this different stuff. And I create a very in-depth document explaining as, as ex like as much as I possibly can specifically every little thing. We want her toe pointed like this. We want her eyes to look like this. We want her face structure like this. I mean, every little thing so that it really is our art. Like I said, we're composing. Um, and that way I feel like we can still keep that artistic integrity of like, it's it belongs to us, you know? And so we give that to our artist. He gives us a sketch. We revise the sketch, send that back to him. He gives us a final version with color and everything. And we revise that. And then finally, after all of that, <laughs> we have what, you know, we what we put on the paper or what are on our designs and it's a it's a long process but it's so fulfilling and so much fun and our artist is incredible and we just have the best relationship with him so we're so incredibly just grateful for the team that we have i would i can't wait to for at some point this to mature into a, a full 78 cards that i'm oh i'm so excited <laughs> We are planning to do that. Like I said, it's going to be a few years away because we are working on another major arcana deck right now um, based on goddesses from around the world and different Ooh. cultures. And you can actually see on our Etsy store, some of those are already available because we like to, because it takes so long to do an actual deck, we like to release the designs on our merch as we 
finish them. So um, like we just finished Diana and all of those are on our Etsy now. Um, we have Kali from Hinduism. We've got Yamaya from the Yoruba culture. We've got um, Rhiannon. Oh, she's stunning. I love her. Um, Freya and Hecate, of course. They're some of my favorites. So it's, we try to include different cultures, not just the um, Greek and Roman and Celtic and, and um, Norse, though they do, have, of course, have a very big place in our deck. Um, but we wanted to include some other ones as well, which is where we get, you know, Kali and Bastet and, um, like I said, Yamaya and Isis. Oh, I love that card. That card is stunning. There's so many gorgeous golds and purples in that one. Um, but yeah, so we're working on that. We're hoping to release that by the end of next year, 2022. That is the goal. And then after that, we're going to be working on expanding the Minor Arcana for the mm. um, for the Terra Tarot. And then after that, we'll expand the Goddess deck. So, <laughs> but. I don't want people to feel like they have to wait because I mean, that's probably going to be three to five years down the line before we can even start working on that or before we can really look at finishing it. And um, so I don't want people to feel like they have to wait. You can go ahead and buy our major arcana deck. And then it, all you have to do is be able to verify to me that you've purchased it from us uh, whenever the full deck comes out and I'll give you a discount. So that you can, <laughs> yeah, so that you don't have to wait. You can go ahead and enjoy the cards now and feel, you know, get a feel for the deck. And then whenever the full deck comes out, then you can just expand and you'll have your limited edition major only deck and then your full deck. So yeah, I really want to try to make it as accessible as possible. I love these cards and I love this community so much. The Freya design, I am just in love. It's the, the gold <laughs> and the crescent and it reminds you of Brisingamen and it's it's yes yeah, yeah, yeah. like the whole design please go to the Etsy site and look at this it's on a gorgeous t-shirt that I was trying not to buy and don't <laughs> don't text and drive people <laughs> uh I am I'm looking forward to seeing the Diana those of you who are not are at home cannot see this but over in the corner behind me there is a four foot tall Diana statue on her very own altar who she we will be oh, I see now that see is so end. beautiful yeah I can see her leg <laughs> and her arm that's awesome I'm so excited it is stunning I really love that card so much and I I feel that way about every single one of our goddess cards every one of our cards period but our goddess cards are like my heart is all the way in those you know even more than my <laughs> spooky cards because my spooky cards um I don't know. They're just totally different. They're, I, they're just very different. I felt like that was a learning process for us. We'd never done anything like this before. And it was very much, okay, are people going to like this? Are they going <laughs> to buy this? Are we wasting our time? Like it was very much kind of, we had no idea what we were getting into and whether or not it would be received well at all. So now that we have that confidence and that like okay we've been there we know what we're looking for we know what to watch out for while we're designing um it's given us it's made this whole process with the goddesses just much more streamlined and much more organized and I just feel like every single one is just like oh it's better than the last <laughs> and it's so much it's neat because you learn so much doing the first one you think oh oh I've got this and then you actually get into it just like writing a book or just like producing a piece of art you get into it and it it grows and it changes and it changes us as we as we create um, nice. what what drove you to create the goddess deck just not having something what was what was the thought process how did that come about yeah 
Well, um, I really wanted to, I mean, I st- honestly, our tarot started with goddesses. The very first goddess design or the very first tarot design we ever did was that original Freya that you're talking about. So we have two Freya tarot cards. The first one, the original one that we worked with was a different artist. Um, and even though I love it, it wasn't my full vision for her. Um, and it was just because we didn't find the right fit with that artist, even though it was beautiful and people love it. It's one of our most popular designs. I knew that there was still more that I wanted. And it's a very different card than you see from the ones that we've continued working on now that are um, like, if you compare it to our, our newest Freya, our, so the old Freya has a J, F-R-E-Y-J-A. And the new Freya, just to differentiate, is just F-R-E-Y-A. Um, so that one, you know, there's a whole scene, there's depth, there's more light and shadow and color. And um, it's just a very different scene. And so, you know, I really, I knew I always wanted to bring goddesses into tarot because just for me, that fits. It just, and I also wanted to see what it would be like to take cards such as like the emperor and give a typically masculine card to a female goddess you know and so we gave it to Athena because that I mean right she is the emperor and and she is and that card is fabulous she's charging forward on a chariot and like she's got the men in front of her and she's like going into battle it's amazing um she's such a badass I just love it and so like it's been really cool it's been really really fun to play around with with gender in that um and just kind of really celebrate the strength of femininity. And I don't mean that as in just, when I say femininity, I mean, whatever you identify as, okay? I just wanna include that right there because I am very LGBTQ trans friendly and celebrate that. And so just because it's a typically female, (laughs) um, you know, entity doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be or identify that way to enjoy this deck, but it does celebrate that more, you know, feminine side. And I just really love the power and the strength behind all of these characters. Um, They're not, they're not frail. They're not, they're not just ethereal goddesses. They're also, they each have their own story and their own backgrounds and their own actions. You know, some of them are, are sitting, if that's, if that's, what is meant for their character but some of uh, diana is in motion she's leaping and she's pure like she's um releasing an arrow i mean she is in motion running through the forest everybody has a different story and so everybody's kind of doing different things and it's just been oh it is so much fun to make those (laughs) (laughs) what does it mean to you to call yourself a witch well, first and foremost, it means I practice witchcraft. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, it just means that I I don't follow societal standards for what they say a person, a woman, a business owner, a witch, a, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't I don't like boxes at all, including with witchcraft. Um, I don't. I like to very much see what feels right with my intuition and I like to follow that. And I am very aware that that's not the same for everybody. My path is not going to be anyone else's. It can't be because it's specifically based on where I've been and where I'm going. And so, you know, just because it works well for me does not mean that it's, oh, if you do exactly what I did, you'll be just fine. And it's like, 
No, everybody's callings are different. Everybody's intuition is going to be telling them something different. And I fully believe that witchcraft is about your connection with your intuition and with the universe. And the universe will guide your intuition if you let it. And I think that that's been the biggest part for me of being a witch is trusting myself and trusting that I can trust myself because I trust the universe, if that makes any sense at all. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, and to say that, you know, I try to always... In, in part of my, my being a witch, I think that also hopefully should signal to others that I am accepting of different lifestyles, that I don't judge based on things such as your religion or your interests or how you like to go about the world or, I'm, you know, I, I fully want to embrace everyone's individuality because we are so different and that is what makes us beautiful is our differences. You know, you don't want a garden just with the, the same flower everywhere. You want a bunch of different kinds of flowers. That's why wildflowers are so beautiful because of the flaws, because of the different colors, because of the vast, you know, variances that you can find in all of that. It's just absolutely beautiful to see. And I think that's what we should embrace in society as well. Which is lead the way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, we do. And we have for a long time. It's a, you know, witches have been doing that for a very long time of saying, I don't need to, I don't need to follow what society says I need to follow. I just, I'm going to do what, what I feel guided to do as long as I'm not hurting anyone. And as long as I'm leading with, you know, love and with compassion, um, then, you know, things, things will be all right. Exactly. If your if your witchcraft isn't intersectional, if it's not feminist, if yes. it's not supporting of minority communities, like what are you doing with your magic? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. What religion were you raised in? I was raised in Christianity. <laughs> was, it a, from... was, it, was it a specific sect or? Okay, yes. So I'm from Alabama. Uh, I know you can hear my very heavy accent. Um, but no, I'm from Alabama. And so I grew up, my father's side of the family was Assembly of God, kind of Pentecostal, not, not Pentecostal, like can't cut your hair Pentecostal, but like, <laughs> that's why I say more Assembly of God. It was very much the congregation would speak in tongues. And like, when we got into the aisle, I mean, when we got to church, like it was, it was mainly music worship, which is why I actually loved it so much because my grandmother, like would lead the way we'd get into the church. And as soon as music started, we kick off our shoes because we're gonna be dancing. And like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. And I loved it so much because, you know, regardless, it was a beautiful way. It was the energy in that sort of church where you're, you're just in a congregation and you're just, everybody's dancing and singing and just the energy is all so positive and so uplifting. It, I, I really appreciate that I got to grow up in that. Now there's a lot of toxicity too, um, that as I got older, I saw, but through the eyes of an innocent child, all I saw and all I felt was this, just in this music was uplifting. And it was this incredible energy. And 
that is something that I carry with me today in my witchcraft, even though I'm not, I don't identify as a Christian. Um, I do carry, you know, understanding how music can affect your, your energy and your mentality and using music. Um, I mean, even when you just go to regular concerts and, and it's like, everybody's energy is elevated and, and there's a vibration and there's this, there's just something so beautiful about music and what it can do to a person's mindset and energy. And I, I do very much incorporate that in my practice because of that. Um, so that's the assembly of God side. And then <laughs> I, I grew up, however, with the other side of my family, um, we were uh, Southern Baptist, which is not at all like assembly of God. There is no dancing. There are no hands raising in praise, like none of that. You have a hymnal and you have, you're going to sing these songs and then you're going to sit quietly. And like, I was used to in my, the assembly of God church with my grandparents, like, woo, amen. Yes. And it was like that kind of, I mean, it was that, I mean, that is what you had going on. It was just this very, um, it was all about the energy. It was, it was very much like, you know, and it was a, a blended church too. It was, uh, which is something that you don't really see a lot, I guess, in the South. I don't know about everywhere else, but like in the South, usually you have white churches and you have black churches. That's it. Like there's not a lot of blended churches. And this church that I went to with my grandparents in uh, Auburn, Alabama was a blended church. And it was great because like, you got to see so many different kinds of worship coming together and it was always oh, beautiful. So it was, I loved that. And then to go to Southern Baptist and everything is so quiet. And so like, these are your rules and these, this is your decorum and this is how you act. And, you know, it's, it's also, I felt very like, I just felt very oppressed in the Southern Baptist church, but I did have a beautiful community in my, in my church. And um, I really appreciated the community that they had there. But like I said, ultimately the doctrines are what I separated myself from. I still love those wonderful people that I grew up in the church with. They're, they're beautiful people, but I just don't agree with the doctrines as much anymore. Um, and I've been finding my own path, you know, and again, you just have to listen to what your intuition is telling you. And mine for a very long time told me to seek another path. And it took me a while to get there, but I finally did. <laughs> well, I started when I was about 15, but yeah. So it was 15 when you felt comfortable claiming the title of witch, or is that when you started yeah. looking in that direction? I'd always looked in that direction ever since I was a child. I remember being in third grade and I was in Pace. And um, I remember learning about, we were learning about mythology and Greek mythology specifically, I think. And um I remember learning about Pandora's box and I'd grown up in the church, right? Lots of Sunday school. And so I remember thinking, this sounds like Adam and Eve. This just sounds like Eve eating the apple. So then I started trying to find correlations and similarities between other mythologies and um, the Christian, you know, the Christian myths. And so I always... I remember it wasn't questioning, it wasn't realizing that that really stuck with me. It was realizing that and bringing it up in church and my Sunday school teacher basically telling me to stop asking questions and don't think about it too much. And I was, I remember being, I was in third grade and I was like, don't think about it too much. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know this at the time, but I have, I have ADHD. 
like severe. I think about everything too much. <laughs> you can't tell me not to think about it. Cause then, then I'm like, well, usually if things are right and true, like the more you think about it, the more you come to the correct conclusions. And I'm just, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. So that didn't, that I, I've always been a thoughtful person in these things where I, I try to like, I'm a skeptic, which I know is funny being a witch and a, <laughs> and a paranormal person, but I am, I'm a skeptic. And that's why it took me so long to really listen to my intuition. Um, but no, I started, I started really practicing when I was 15. I did not feel comfortable taking the title of witch until probably five years ago. Yeah. And I'm 28 now. So it took a long time. It took a long time because I also have severe like imposter syndrome, which is another part of, you know, ADHD, that rejection sensitive dysmorphia. And um, I think it just, I was just like, well, I'm not, I'm not like dark enough or I'm not like, you know, I'm too bubbly to be a witch or <laughs> they, they won't, they won't call me that. Or like, they're, you know, I'm going to be like, they're going to think I'm not really you know I don't know it was just so silly it's so silly the way that we do that in our own mind um even though I was practicing and I was I mean I've been practicing for years and years it's just like I I felt like I wasn't good enough and part of my witchcraft now is so rooted in your self-acceptance and your self-love you can't hate yourself into a version that you want to be and it's taken me so long to realize that and I have so much love for myself and for other people now. And a lot of that is because of witchcraft and the work that I've done on myself through that process and that journey. Beautiful. Thank um, you. Does your family know? I mean, how did, how did that come up? So I actually, my uncle on the Stoker side, uh, one of my uncles, he is the one who introduced me to witchcraft in the first place. He is um, a converted Jew and he, so he actively practices Judaism and um, incorporates that into his witchcraft. And he, I remember when I was 15, that was when he and I really, when I really started asking questions because I known for a while, but that was when I finally felt comfortable with saying, you know, this is just who I am. Like I, I'd been fighting it for so long because of my religion. I'd been fighting it for so long because I felt like an imposter or I felt like a couldn't balance the light and the dark within myself. Um, I felt like I had, and I had all of this paranormal, I've been having paranormal stuff happen to me since I was a child. And it's, that was something that I tried so hard to shut the door to, but I couldn't. And, or when I did, when I did finally for a few years had shut that door and I hadn't been a part of that anymore. I, I, I had really created this barrier between me and all of those experiences so that I wouldn't see them. Um, when I started getting back into witchcraft, all of that came out again because you're experiencing, you know, you're focusing on your, your spirit and the spirit around you and the universe around you and your psychic abilities and listening to your intuition. And a lot of that opens those doors. And it was so hard for me for the first few years of getting into witchcraft to be okay with that. And I went back and forth a lot between having these, oh gosh, I just have to practice. I have to do this in like a few months of that to being like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I cannot handle this. Maybe I just, maybe this isn't right for me. This isn't my path. And I would let go of it for a while, but it was always there. It was always pulling me back in. 
And I realized through my practice and through realizing that this is just so much a part of who I am, that that can all help me, you know, help me to balance my light and dark, help me to not fear the spirits that I, that I am picking up on. And, you know, obviously I have these gifts for a reason. I want to know how to use them. They're tools, you know? So it was just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, as far as the family that you were talking about, he was the only person that knew for a long time. And it wasn't until I want to say 2015, 2016, that I actually told my mother, um, because she's, you know, she's, she's very Christian (laughs) and (laughs) I was really nervous. I was really, really, really worried that she was going to, I don't know. There's a million different variations of what could happen that, that you worry about. Right. And when I finally talked to her about it, she was so kind and she listened and she asked questions and she let me do tarot readings for her. And she just, she was so kind and so open and so just loving. And I really am so grateful for that. I'm, I love that I can talk to her about my practice and not feel judged. Um, and just feel loved. And that is just, it means so much to me. As far as the rest of my family, it's more of been more or less been implied. Um, I haven't just outright said it because I mean, look at my business, look at the way I dress, look at what I'm reading, look at like, <laughs> it's kind of, it's, I feel like it's been more, it's been more just heavily implied. It's kind of like, well, if you didn't know by now, then <laughs> so yeah. It's been fine though, but I mean, they all support my business so much. My grandmother and they're uh, both grandmothers, but my grandmother in Mobile is every time I talk to her, do you get any new designs done? And she always loves to see our new tarot designs. And my, I mean, my aunt has a couple of our shirts and it's just, they've been so, so wonderful. And even though it doesn't, it's not their practice, it's not their religion. It doesn't, you know, they can see the art and the beauty. And they can appreciate this work that I'm putting in every day. And they support that. And I'm just, oh, I'm so immensely grateful. I feel so, so grateful for all of them. That is so beautiful. I mean, it's it's such a privilege to feel warm and acceptance and love from those people yeah. who really should be there. Well, and I just, I was so worried. And I, the funny thing about it is I put myself on the outside for so long because I thought, I thought that's how I would be treated. And... <laughs> to end up being so accepted it was just like oh what was I so worried about but I mean they're legitimate worries they're very legitimate worries because especially for somebody in the south with a Christian family it's it's hard you know it's it's you worry you worry a lot about those types of things but it's it's good now and I feel so much of a freedom to be able to to just say this is who I am (laughs) I haven't changed I'm still I'm still the same loving and kind person who leads with love and compassion. It's just, I do so differently and I do it. I do it to me in a much more genuine way than I ever did when I was a Christian. Not to say that you can't as a Christian, it's just my path, my path. And, you know, I'm so, I'm just grateful for where I am. 
so beautiful. What does what does your magic look like? What does your witchcraft look like? How does it motivate you in your daily life? So I try to make everything that I can into like a little ritual um, because I, I'm really bad about scheduling daily time for magic or for witchcraft in general. And so for me, you know, I try to do little things like, okay, I'm in the shower in the morning, so I'm going to meditate a little bit and I'm going to picture all of yesterday's worries and stresses or the anxiety I have about something going on later today and it's just going to flow down me with the water and I'm going to watch it go down the drain and I'm just going to feel that cleanse and then I'm going to allow this water after I've been cleansed of all of that to help invigorate me and hydrate me and we're going to keep our intention on positive things or, or on my growth today or on whatever I feel like the universe is trying to tell me. And sometimes I don't know, I'll do a tarot read, um, just like a tarot pool for myself. If I feel like I need a little guidance today, or if I feel like, oh, there's something somebody's trying to tell me. Um, and so I'll do a card and usually I'll pull one and I'll, I'll look at it and I'll hear, or I don't mean hear, but your intuition speaks to you and you'll know, do, is this a one card pool day or a three card pool day? Am I supposed to do a Celtic cross today? Like, you know, <laughs> and um, so that's usually how I, I try to do that. And it, there's also little things like this morning, this morning I woke up and I was so tired. <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, I don't want to do anything today. And I was like, no, stop. Those are perfectly valid feelings and it's okay to feel them. That's wonderful that you feel the different things, but we're going to have a different way to start our day. And I've been doing this a lot lately and it always works. And so I'll open the curtains because I have my bed against the window. So I'll open the curtains and look up and say, thank you, trees and sky. Thank you for letting me sleep well last night. Thank you for allowing this body to get out of bed and, you know, walk across the room and get ready for the day. Thank you for these cats that I love and love me so much. Thank you. You know, whatever you got to do, like just starting the day with gratitude is such a beautiful way for me to feel in touch with my spirit, with my witchcraft, with the universe, and to say, I am grateful for these gifts. And I understand how far I've come and how far I have to go. And I think that those little things can make such, they have, they've made such a huge difference in my life. I mean, stirring my coffee in the morning and like every lump of sugar is a different intention for the day or a different, you know, blessing for someone in my life or something like that. And just trying to incorporate it like that throughout my day. I guess that would be kind of like hearth witchy or like <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, those practical types of practice have been the most powerful for me and for my manifestation. Wonderful. It's, it's so hard because we have this idea, especially you go to conferences, you go to festivals, and there's such that letdown at the end and people say, oh, I, I have to go back to the real world or my regular life, yeah. or whatever it is. And it's like, no, there, you got one. There's one. You got yes. you've got to take it to an your your job your house your home you're making coffee in the morning you've got to have that or you're going to spend the rest of your life waiting for the full moon and it's, yes. ne it's never going to be the same you deserve absolutely. to live your life absolutely 
Oh, that's such a beautiful point. I, I love that because I do, I go to cons a lot. Um, and, and I, I do, there's so, there's always, oh, I got to go back to regular life. And I understand that because I felt the same way, but you're right. I mean, bring that romance, bring that excitement, bring that gratitude and that, that, that you feel to be in this new space and, and reinvigorate your life with just your intentions. I mean, it, it really works. And every single day lately that I have been, you know, the, over the past year that I have been living like this and living with gratitude and compassion first and really realizing how far I have come and these blessings I have, just like I said, just this body that carries me through the day, these beautiful cats that that share their love with me and their lives with me, like these, it can be the littlest things, but they really can transform the way that you view your life. And, and if you can see that and just try to bring that romance back and try to look at things through a little bit of a different lens and try to get that different perspective, like the hanged man, you know? I mean, try to do that every day. And it really is so powerful what that can do. It's so incredible when we stop and look at what can we do in our daily life? What, how can we really look forward to that it's it's so incredible how abrupt the change is when we can not just live with gratitude but really push that forward and, and give that not only to ourselves but the people around us yes oh. absolutely that's what I mean too with like leading with gratitude and compassion let that let them it's almost like that you know Ouroboros of of this constant wheel the cycle of I have gratitude and that feeds my love, that feeds my compassion for myself and for the people I love and the people I want to give back to. And because I'm doing that, that's coming back to me and that's, I'm grateful for it. And it, it really is incredible what that, what that alone can do for your entire mindset and for your world and your life. I, I deal with depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, CPTSD from childhood trauma and uh, ADHD. I'm on medication for those things. I th and that's another thing that I don't like is when people say that you can't be a witch and be on all these medications. It's like, no, honey, that helps me function <laughs> so that I can be a witch because otherwise <laughs> I'm just going to be in bed crying all day. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, even when I'm in my darkest moments, even when I can't like, you know, that numbness of that depression sets in and I can't smile and I can't think and I can't feel anything because it's just numb. Mm -hmm. I have people in my life who reach out or I have my cats who remind me that this is temporary or I, or I can just look around at these things that I've been thanking, like thanking the universe for every day. As simple, and I know this is silly, but as simple as this lamp, I, yeah, they won't be able to see it, but this lampshade right here, okay? I, this is so silly, but it's not silly. It's really not. This is, it's a beautiful Victorian lampshade or Victorian styled lampshade. It has tassels with gems. It has velvet. It has embroidery it's it's rose colored and, and maroon and it's just so beautiful and every time I look at it I think 
I've wanted something like this for a long time and I finally did it. I've, I've made it to a point in my life where I can afford this beautiful piece that I can look at every day and remind myself of how far I've come and remind myself of all of the places we're going to go together, all of the, you know what I mean? I'm going to travel. This is going to be with me for the rest of my life. I, you know, I, it's a very beautiful piece that I did invest money in. And it's like, I just think about that. And, and on those days, because I've been breeding this idea of gratitude in this room and in this life of mine, I can remember that and associate that gratitude just by simply looking over at this lamp and those days that I can't get out of bed because I, I have endometriosis too, and it's extremely painful. And so those days that I'm dealing with chronic pain or depression or all of it together, simply glancing over at this lamp that I have been pouring my gratitude into <laughs> is enough to be like, remember, remember that you have so much and it's okay to feel these feelings because they are valid, but you also can have hope. And it's just, it wouldn't have been the same had I not already been setting that intention and those gratitude feel those feelings into this lamp. I mean, I know that sounds so crazy, but it really works and it helps me. And it's, you know, again, I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning, what works for me, <laughs> not going to work for everyone, but that's just one of the little, um, the little ways that I've noticed setting gratitude while I can, when my spirits are high to help me when my spirits are low. And it's so important as which is to remember, especially those of us who had um, childhood trauma and religious trauma and uh, those of us with uh, CPTSD is you're allowed to parent yourself who you <sighs> wanted to. We didn't have the things that you needed. It's okay to give them to yourself as an adult, whether yes. it's a lamp or <laughs> I, you know, have my... I ha this, this house is, I was, I was blessed enough to be able to, to get this at a, a young age. Every room in this house has a different altar in it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Those, those things are so important when we didn't have those things as a foundational, as we did, as we should have. And yeah. it's so perfect. And that's why I never try to tell myself in those low moments, like snap out of it, you know, because that's, that used to be how I was, because that's how I was parented. Um, not, not by my mother as much, but like, you know, I mean, that's how I was parented. And so I try to always honor those feelings that I'm feeling, even though, and I, and a lot of times it is, I know I have, nothing's triggered this. I've got just, I've just have depression. So I'll remind myself, this is a chemical imbalance. This is an illness of the brain, just like you have endometriosis that is pain and you are feeling it and it is valid and it is real, but it's a chemical imbalance and remember the joy and the gratitude and where you've come and all of this different stuff. And it helps me separate that depression I'm feeling from who I am. And that's taken a long time because for me, I was one of the people who I was so terrified to get onto in, on medication for my depression because I felt like I'm going to lose who I am because it's become so much a part of who I am, that darkness. And to realize, no, no, that's not who you are. And you have like, I still have my, my darkness and my, you know, spooky macabre, of course, but it's not 
depression and it's not dragging me down or anyone else down. And that's the difference It's I'm not defined by my depression. However, it does, it's a part of my life and I deal with it. I'm not defined by the pain I feel from endometriosis, but it is a part of my life. And some days it puts me in bed and I have to deal with it. And that's okay. That's okay. But at the end of the day, I'm here in this body, in this house, with these beautiful beings, with this wonderful community, with this lamp, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's helped me a lot to separate while still honoring what I am feeling. It's so, so important. So at festivals and conferences, you know, the, the small hours of the morning and there people are winding down and drifting back to their rooms. There's always this thing that sort of happens where we, we start sharing our stories of things that people might not necessarily share in the daylight, the, the paranormal experiences that we've all had. What is the most impactful um, experience that you might have had as a witch, as a person? Okay. So I'm going to tell you a different story because I just did another podcast where I did a lot of paranormal stories. Um, but this one is different and you asked specifically what was the most impactful and this is the one that comes to mind. So like I said, I've worked a lot in my practice to figure out how to open and close that door. Um, because (laughs) when you're being visited, I see it almost like there's some of us who are you know, those of us who have paranormal experiences, I see it almost like there is a separate plane that lies over top of the plane that we exist on. And in that plane, some of us are lighthouses and the beings and spirits and entities that reside in that plane know where to find us. And, you know, yes, I do believe that boundaries exist in some, for some entities. Um, but not for all. I have been visited by many. And so I've had, sometimes it can be, sometimes that can be scary. Sometimes it can just be inconvenient. Uh, Sometimes it's just like, I don't want your energy in my space. I'm sorry. And so I've really worked hard to try to figure out how to, how to control that side of me. Um, So I'd gotten pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it now. And to the point where I can say, okay, I'm opening this door. I'm going to be opening this door. However, there are still boundaries, only certain types, you know, I'll I'll set my boundaries of like, what types of energy do I allow? Um, Am I going to allow communication? Am I going to allow physical touch? Those types of things. And um, I had done this once with, I was with my uncle and my best friend who both practice, of course. And we had gone to, my uncle is a paranormal investigator as well. So he wanted to take me to this place in Columbus um, that used to, Columbus, Georgia, excuse me, that used to be, it was an old plantation. Uh, And before that it was no Native American land. And it really, for a plantation home, it's not, it wasn't that big, but it was, it, you know, it had two separate, areas because the kitchen would have or two separate structures because typically you'd have the kitchen in a separate structure um just because of the heat and you know it was usually that's how it was and that's exactly how this one was built and there was a breezeway in between in between 
So I had already been experiencing this little boy and little girl. And it was a little um, white girl and a black boy. They were about the same age, probably about seven or eight. And they were playing together under a tree. And my best friend, Marcus, before I had even mentioned it, said the same thing. Like he had been seeing it as well, or they had been seeing it as well. And um, there were a bunch of other things that I saw and that I was feeling. So I was like, okay, there's, there's obviously stuff here. Cause I haven't even, I haven't even sat down and said, I'm doing this yet. It was just like, as soon as we got out of the car, it was just bam, 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 bam. So they're off kind of doing their own thing separately. They've gone off in different directions. One's going to look at the tree line because they can hear drums coming from the trees. And then the other person was going to the main house. Uh, I can't remember who was who, who was where. So I decided I was just getting this feeling from the breezeway. So the breezeway, there wasn't a structure. It was just this, it was just what you walk on. And then there were stairs, like three or four stairs leading down to the ground. Um, Cause it was all elevated. So I sat down on the stairs and I just meditated for a moment and I set those boundaries and opened that door. And very shortly after that, there was a, there was a hand on my shoulder and I didn't open my eyes because I knew, I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't Marcus or, or Uncle Brandon, I knew that. And as soon as that hand on my shoulder hit, I started to sob and I couldn't stop it. And all I started, I could, I, all I could say, I mean, it, I wasn't thinking, it was just coming out was, I'm so sorry, I am so sorry. And I'm sobbing and I am apologizing and I'm feeling so much pain. And down sits this woman, a black woman, and she's wearing an apron and she's got a rag around her hair. And I get the feeling she worked in the kitchens or in the kitchen, or rather she was like, she, she ran the kitchen. And I'm saying to her, I'm so sorry. I cannot imagine. And she has her hand on my shoulder and she says, thank you, but he's okay now. And I knew it was that little boy. And I don't know what happened because obviously records like that weren't usually kept very well, but here I am sobbing because I feel like I'm feeling her pain, but I'm also feeling shame for obvious reasons now, but like, it wasn't my shame. And I'm just sobbing and she has her arm on me and I feel it. I feel this hand on my shoulder and I feel her and she's just got this calm, calm peace about her. And that makes me cry even more. Like, how could you not be angry? Because something told me she should, obviously for more but about her son's death, like he, something happened. I don't know. But she had somehow made peace. And I guess it was because maybe they were together again. But that still to this day gives me chills because I will remember forever what she looked like and what that hand felt like on my shoulder.
And it felt like for whatever reason, we both needed that. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea and I'm not going to try to say why, but that was the most vivid that I've ever heard and felt someone. I've seen someone that vividly, but to feel and hear them at the same time, that is strong. And that takes a lot of energy, both from you and the entity trying to express themselves. And I only snapped out of it because my uncle had heard me sobbing and came over and was like, you can't open yourself up that much. Like you can't, like I had to go home after that. It was too much. It was a lot. And I have had to learn how to open myself, but also remember because I'm very empathetic. I am an empath and that's what happened. I feel like is, is I was feeling so many emotions at once, not just from her. And it was, oh man, I'll just never forget that because I wasn't scared even though I knew what was happening was paranormal and I knew I was experiencing a ghost, it wasn't scary. It was just sadness and shame and worry. And then her comfort, her comforting me. I mean, I will never forget that. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been hanging out for about an hour. Is there anything <laughs> that you that I didn't talk about that you wanted to share with us? Is there is there anything? Oh gosh, I don't know. I could talk for <laughs> hours. I'm a talker. If you haven't figured that out, um, honestly, I mean, we've touched on the business. We've touched on my family and my witchcraft, and I mean, I'm happy with the way this went and. Again, if you have any more questions for me, I'll happily answer, but yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Can you remind our listeners how they can find you on TikTok and yeah. on Etsy? Absolutely. On TikTok, you can find me at the ghoulish gal. That's the underscore ghoulish underscore gal. And my Etsy link is directly in my bio on TikTok. But if you'd like to go directly to Etsy, you can search the ghoulish garb with no spaces. That will take you to our shop. And um, you can check out our terror tarot designs or anything else that we have available there. And the search bar is a wonderful tool. So if you've heard maybe me talking about Diana or Isis or the Headless Horseman, go ahead and use that search bar and it'll help you find things a lot easier. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a, had a great time. Thank you. I've had a great time too. It's been wonderful to meet you and talk to you. And I hope this is a new friendship. Too. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, remember, we're all trees in the forest. Nurture each other. Love it.